Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sunday, June 13th, and first of all, we're going to start off with a happy birthday to Jason Spezza, who turns 38 years Yay! old. So happy birthday, Spezza. Happy birthday. Yeah. And um, actually, a belated birthday to Zach Hyman, too. Mm-hmm. His birthday was on June the 9th, and I'm, I'm guessing the Leafs don't put any more, because they didn't put anything for Hyman, and they haven't put anything for Spezza, but they don't put any posts for... Um, People, I guess, that aren't under contract anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing. They didn't say anything for happy birthday to either. Of I thought players, I saw we something are, for so. Spezza today, but anyway, but I don't know. Other people have. Oh, okay. But I haven't seen anything from the Leafs. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything from the Leafs. But anyhow, we we like to celebrate our um, players, whether they're, well, we're hoping both will be back, but we'll be getting into that soon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been just over two weeks now since the Leafs were knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, for me, it's still stinging a bit. And um, and some of that obviously is because the Habs somehow managed to come out of the Canadian division and are going to va- face Vegas in the semifinals. And um, I just thought it was just funny that all this came, all this, um, the issue came up again about cheering for the last Canadian team in the playoffs, and I really don't get it. Um, you can cheer who you can cheer, cheer however you like, because um, on Facebook and on our Twitter, we have had some comments of people saying like you should be cheering for the last Canadian team and all that, and I've just replied back saying sorry, like we we don't go that way. We we if you consider yourself a loyal fan of a team and your team is out of the playoffs, like, why would you choose for an, choose to cheer for another team? Like it's, and especially in this case, it's an original six rival. And yeah, I, I just don't get it. I just, I mean, you don't, you don't cheer for another Canadian team. It's not about, no, it's not the Olympics. It's not about team it's Canada. It's not the Olympics. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the it's the NHL exactly. Right? If you're going that way, yeah, then so. you know everyone should be cheering for Vegas because they have the most. They have more francophone players on their team. So in this next round, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah. including Mark Andre yeah. Fleury, which I do find it's hilarious that his parents say, "See, this is how deep it goes." His parents say they're they're actually divided, and it's really hard for them. To cheer for their son right now because they're they're diehard oh, really? fans, <laughs> so they oh actually have it in the back of their mind that yes, we want to cheer for our son, but it's hard. They said that, so yeah, wow. so yeah, that's 
<laughs> That's crazy. 100%. Yeah. Like I am I am with you on that. And like I actually, you know, this week when they lit up the CN Tower in Hab colors, that was just the last straw for me because I know that probably it's because P, uh, like a Pierre Trudeau, God, that's a throwback. Uh, <laughs> Justin Trudeau is obviously <laughs> a Hab fan and he runs our country. Yeah. So the CN Tower, yes, it's a, a landmark in Toronto, but it's a Canadian landmark. So I think it's owned by yeah. the Fed. So it's no doubt Federal, they're apparently. lighting it yeah. up those colors. Like, yeah, I didn't see I but didn't that, see them light up the CN Tower in uh, in Ottawa Senators uh, colors when they went to the final. Do you remember that yeah. happening? No, no, that's true too. So yeah, that's you're interesting. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I'm a hundred percent with you. Uh, in fact, yeah. I haven't even been able to bring myself to watch any games. Like they, this has killed my. Like normally, I. I'm able to sort of get over it a little bit and I my love for hockey prevails and I I manage to still you know want to watch but this year it's it's dead it's all dead to me right now I can't even I just don't have the desire I don't want to watch I might watch the final if Montreal's not there but like right now while they're yeah. and the other on the flip side it's I don't uh, the fact that the Islanders are in also, and I hear that they stole our our, <laughs> our winning song or whatever, our, our goal song. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's making me a I little don't... sick too. And it makes me wonder, like, did, did John Tavares make some kind of deal with the devil when he was little? And, and now he's like <laughs> completely screwed because I don't understand it. It's like so crazy. You know, you've got this yeah. perfect, perfect story. Either that or the hockey gods for the Leafs are somehow saying, oh, yeah, you think you look cute in your in your bedding there, Johnny boy. So sad, too bad. Uh, you, there's so many demons here that even that beautiful moment cannot cannot uh, override. So I don't know. It's very odd. I didn't. Yeah. One last thing on this, but with all like the way you're saying, everything seems to be going against us as usual in the hockey gods. But uh, I did see a tweet um, apparently in the next, I think it's in the next two weeks. Um, I know it's coming up soon that our Stanley Cup draught, we're going to be the longest in NHL history mm -hmm. coming up in two weeks. Well, maybe that's, maybe so that's what we maybe need. That's, yes. That's the, I, I was thinking as I saw that, I was like, that's going to be the epitome mm -hmm. of it or epiphany, uh, whatever to say, okay, that's the last thing. Once everybody recognizes that and it's all over Twitter and everything, then it's going to happen for us. Things are going to change. So that's the way well, I, well, I mean, that's kind of what happened for the New York Rangers gonna, is at yeah, the time we're going to pass yes. the Rangers basically. So when they yeah. won, they had, they were the longest at that time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, other than teams that had never won, I guess, um, which I guess there's still teams in the league that have never won. But uh, but yeah, no, at that time, they would have been the longest even because that it, 67 would have been when those new team teams came in. So they were the longest. And interestingly, Shanahan played for that team. So. He's anyway. We're getting a little bit into some of the things that that have happened in the week since, but um, yeah. but yeah. So maybe that's what we need. You know that, you know, being the the sad, 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 sad sack <laughs> team yeah. that hasn't won in forever. 
But I mean, that's yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, that's one thing I thought of on somewhat positive or sad note. <laughs> but on a more positive mm-hmm. note, we do want to congratulate changing it up a bit. Uh, Taya Curry, who a goaltender who is the first female ever chosen in the NHL draft. I was like, yeah, no, that's fantastic. This, but, I was really, I was yeah. really happy to be talking about this, and this is a bright light in in the some of the changes that may be coming down the pipe. So, yeah, so good yeah, for her, good development for, for her, regardless yeah. of yeah. which league she ultimately ends up playing in. So, so unfortunately. There is not much for us to celebrate for our Leafs yet again. At the end of this season, we normally like to talk about our, you know, our grading and the grades that we give the players and the teams. Uh, but there's not much you can say after an A-plus season when you fail your exams. So on that note, <laughs> we're going to talk about the messages that came out of Shanahan, Keefe, and Dubis, as well as some of the player comments from the end of uh, season media availability. And of course, there are a lot of big decisions for Leafs going into the offseason, so we'll get into some of those questions that need to be addressed before the drop of the puck in October. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, so the end of season media availability. So the last couple of seasons, Shanahan and Dubas um, have been preaching patience. And once again, that's what they're doing. Um, The message from both of them is the same, uh, that we will win with this group. And they gave both gave their endorsements of the core four. So it seems to me these two guys are sticking to this group of the four main four players. And... um, and they believe in them so much that they're going to basically go down with the ship if things don't work out with this, uh, with this group and with this philosophy. But do you believe, and do you still believe in this philosophy still of Shanahan and Dubas in sticking with this group? Okay, so I thought a lot about this question, and I actually do. But my thing is, is I'm not really 100% sure that the players do. They have been brought in and, um, you know, they've been asked to play a certain way. And obviously we see that they can execute that. But they also have grown up with different messaging throughout their hockey careers uh, from every level that this is not the way you win. So I kind of wonder, because what I see is when push comes to shove, they abandon their game somewhat. You know, they don't, they don't. Right. They, so whether that's the, losing the mental edge or whatever, but that could be where the mental edge is lost is that deep down inside, they don't 100% believe that that this is the way to win. So that's what they need to work on, because I do think that if everybody is pulling on the same rope and they really, really throw mm-hmm. themselves into this, I think it can be done. But the problem is I wonder if subconsciously or whatever, if these players really believe that they can win this way, because to me, that's maybe where they're losing their edge is that they kind of get, you know, pushed a little and then they don't keep pushing back with their game. They try to shift into something else that is not them. Do you know what I mean? Because 
Yeah. But they're not built that way. So then they can't do it. So do you know what I mean? That's kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's three years now. I guess next year is going to be four years with Kyle Dubas, um, I guess, as GM. And um, I don't know, when Willie signed, I'll get to your comment in a second, sort of, but when Willie signed that contract, like I thought we were in trouble at that time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I mean, it worked out well now, <laughs> let's just say, but at that time I just thought that, and most people did, they were running him out of town back then. It was the same situation as Mitch Marner mm-hmm. um, is right now, or maybe not quite as bad as now, but like last season. But you convinced me and that at that time I'm saying it was you that convinced me to believe in, in this Kyle Dubas and what he has planned. Right. When we were going to games and everything and talking about it, you seem to be more positive. So I kind of took that on saying, okay, well, and this whole, we can, and we will philosophy that they've been preaching for, for three seasons now, like to believe in that. So that's fine. I did. And I said last year after the bubble thing in Columbus, I said last year, I'm going to give them one more year. And then after that, I, I, I think I said they need to change this core group. And what you're saying, the way you're saying, if somebody, if one of that group or a few players, maybe not of that group, I yeah. don't know, like if they don't believe in that they can do this system and win, then to me, you got to get rid of those players. They've had three years now uh, with the main core. You got to get rid of one at least one if it's the core four you got to get rid of one of them but for now i'm willing to give them like i said it last year it's like i keep (laughs) we keep giving them one more year one more year but i mean i got it on a podcast now so it's it's out here i'll give them one more year to figure it out (laughs) and shuffle the deck chairs as they've been saying and for me, it, it uh, what I'm concerned about is that now that with this pandemic, like it doesn't seem that Kyle Dubas and company or Shanahan and company are adapting well to the times of this flat salary cap. Mm-hmm. Like they're not adapting to it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm willing to give them one more year or so in, in this with this philosophy of having being so top heavy. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's it. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, okay. So I, I hundred percent that give, but I think you are right to give them one more year because honestly, this last year and a half, whatever it is, it's not even a full two years, put it for, right there. Like just looking at it that way. Yes. So yeah, I would like to see them have one you know, as close to proper regular season as possible. Also, I kind of feel like one of the things that I was worried about in the beginning of this season uh, came to fruition was their lack of adversity throughout the, the season. Because it's really hard to basically fly through a, a regular season with not much adversity and then have to ramp it up you know, all of a sudden. Well, I so I, I don't think, I mean, they've had enough adversity over four years now. Well, so I, yes, I, except I, that if you're not tested in the regular season, how do you, how, like, I know from experience playing in a league, 
you know, as a field hockey player, okay, I'm not an NHL caliber player and it was high school field yeah. hockey. However, you know, sports is sports. And I had a season where our team was undefeated and I let in one goal through the whole, through the whole season. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we were expected to win everything. And I, we did win our first round matchup. So I, we've got that on, on the Leafs. However, we got killed in, in the second round and it was like totally devastating because we were like, what the heck happened? Because the team that beat us was somebody we beat up on all season long. So it's, it's, you, the brain is a funny thing. And I'm saying that yeah. their problem is not on the ice. It's not with their skill. It's it's not with it's it's in their head. All of it. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely in their heads. We just, we've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. But um so I mean right, that let's, let's, let's go on let's, to the next one. So then our next question, my question to you then based on on what I just said then is do you yeah. think there's a bit of a country club atmosphere coming back into the organization. Is there some blue and white disease still lingering that they can't quite scrub out of the dressing room? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to think that actually just from, um, I guess the repetitiveness of the words, like learning the lessons um, and the patience, obviously. But if you think about it, I guess this is Shanahan's, first gig as a as a president and alternate governor of a team like it's not like he came here with so much experience um he was previously working with the nhl but he's never run a team before so he's he's going to be going into his uh eighth season next year with this shanna plan and i mean they they have the season ticket base locked up as usual and there's a major lineup for tickets like if you give up your tickets you know somebody else is going to be right there taking them like there's no problem that way um and the ticket cost uh, is amongst the highest in in the league we know that too um and like what do they really have to worry they don't really have anything to worry about like Shannon like when you think of it, after Shanahan's been here a few years, he obviously, I mean, he understands, you could tell in his media availability in the in the end there, like he, he knows being from here, he knows the whole deal about the pain and suffering that are, that the fan base has taken. So, so, I mean, I'm not questioning that, but I don't know that he realizes like it's going to be eight years now and, or going into his eighth year. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't get this group of players, too. Like, that they know if this team were to win, I mean, even now to be around, like, it would be insane mm-hmm. if we won a round in the playoffs. But if we actually got to the Stanley Cup Finals, like, it would just be madness, I think, in this city. And these players, like, do they not get, like, what like the appreciation that they would get and all the endorsements and everything from that? Like, I just don't get in their minds, like, and it, obviously more money is coming, would come from that. And the is that not enough mo- motivation for these players and just the organization in general, like to, to be ready for, at puck drop for every playoff game? Like, to me, that's, that's the part I, I just don't get. And then that's where I'm thinking with the country club atmosphere, like, I'm just thinking, well, maybe they just don't want that extra, they don't want that extra money or notoriety they they're just content with just being a leaf and everybody talking about them all the time anyways and um and being the center of the hockey universe and they just go on so well, they, I, don't, I, I don't know I, you know what i don't 
I don't know if I see it as entitlement. I don't think that they, I don't see that they feel that they're entitled. It's not quite a like, kind of like that Muskoka Five thing where they're all. However, there is a little bit of that because then you see that picture with like Bogosian and Marner in the pool, all smiling and happy. I mean, that's a snapshot yeah. in a moment in time. But you know, should he still be crying this week? I don't know. Uh, but. What I do think is I think that they are too shielded. They are too insulated from everything. They are so protected that I don't think, how can they possibly get it? Because they they don't have to face it ever. You know, the players yeah. that we grew up with, they had to face it at the bar right after the game. They had to face yeah. it when they're in the eating oh, center yeah, or going out true, to eat. Yes. They had to face it yeah. in the newspaper. But even now, you know, yeah. one bad headline and they're like all, you know, protecting them like there's no tomorrow mm-hmm. and blackballing media members. Not like I not that I like Steve Simmons because I don't I, I I'm not a fan of his. And I think, you know, yeah. he does push things, you know, down. So I just don't like his takes chances. Yeah, he crosses the line. He basically. does cross the yeah. line. You know, the f- press are allowed to ask what they want to ask, but they are like dogs protecting their their little you know puppies you know it's yeah. like you know they like and and that i think does lend itself to being mentally strong because if you yeah, don't going back to flex that, yeah. those muscles yeah. on how to get over that and you know they are too insulated that's what i see yeah. more than the entitlement part personally yeah. so yeah anyway um Another question for you then, uh, with Keith, you know, in his end of season comments, he admitted that he needs to be better at putting players in better positions to score, matchups, ice time, all of that. So what do you think um, needs to change or be different there? Yeah, I mean, I just remember too, at the, I don't know if we said it on the show, but I remember we were talking about it and and it was mentioned that maybe he should... Like he needs a little bit of help, like behind the bench, there's more experienced, mm-hmm. right? And then it was almost like, I think it was you that were saying like, you don't want to have a more experienced coach because he might think, or not you, but they, I don't know who it was. It was somebody that I, I heard at the time, this is before the season started, saying like, maybe it's not such a good idea to have a more experienced guy because then he's going to, like, Keith is going to think, like, he's out the door sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, once, if you have somebody like Bruce Boudreaux in there or um, even Dan Balsma, he's been, a, he's still a candidate out there. Um, but, I mean, we're, for me, he's, as long as Kyle Dubas is there, like, that's his pick, Sheldon Keith after Bob's left. Mm-hmm. Like, Sheldon Keith was there. I just don't think that, I do think he needs somebody more experienced um, with him right there because I'm not sure what Paul McLean is is doing. We asked this in one of our shows too. I know mm-hmm. he's the eyes in the sky, but maybe or maybe he needs to be right there behind the bench during it during the game. Um, like what to, about Hextall? Hextall's supposedly got. More I know. Experience. I thought of that like, too. I thought of that too. He was the head coach of Philly, mm-hmm. um, but I just think that we kind of are we underestimated a little bit like the transition like he's never Keith has never coached in the NHL That's and true. even more so now mm-hmm. because of this pandemic it's even worse yeah like the experience um it just and and the fact like you said he admitted that he needs to be 
better at putting players in a better mm-hmm. position to score and the ice time and all that. Well, it's like, we're not learning here. Like you need to be up on this. You're not supposed, you, you should know what the matchups are like and be able to make those decisions in game. Right. It's, it's, it's not something that it's you're learning behind the bench uh, as a coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah, I think it would be good to have somebody, if it's not Dave, if, I don't know what if Dave Hextall is um, like maybe he's not the right kind of guy uh, for that or or change. Um, I, I don't know that they're so happy with Manny Maholtra either because mm-hmm. that was a, a being in charge of the power play and it was a bit of a disaster that way. Yeah, but the thing um, is, and this is one thing that that Keith talked about is that he mentioned that two years in a row now they had the top power play in the league. And then they, then it just, then they lost it. And that's with two different people co- like coordinating it. Yeah, so, yeah, so then yeah. how do you blame Malhotra for that? Because he wasn't yeah. the guy that, yeah. that was, you know, coordinating it the year before. So obviously, again, I think that goes back to that mental game. When push comes to it's shove, the players, the players can't yeah. adapt. So they mentally are not adapting when, when, which means you, you got to change something that yeah. like of those players of that group of players, so you got to change, you, you got to change something. I mean, now that's, let's say two years in a row, like you're saying mm-hmm. next year, one more year yeah. <laughs> I'm giving them and that's it. Well, um, what I'm going to but- be looking for when, it, when we're talking about that, because then you look at what the Raptors did, right? Like who's our, and I've heard other people talking about this. Who's our DeMar DeRozan. So is Marner yeah. our De- yeah. DeMar DeRozan? I'm going to be looking over the course of the summer. Who is the one? Who are the people that that take it up another notch? Now, I'm never going to look to Austin for this because every year he adds something to this, his game. And yeah, um, yeah. so I want to see, like, is Mitch going to take another step? What is he going to work on? If he's still going to be working on his shot or whatever, I'm not sure that's what, what we need. I think that he needs yeah. to be doing something more for his head. And whether that's studying, whether that's reading more, whether that is, uh, you know, honestly, if I were them, like I would, yeah. if I was the organization, guess what? I'd be taking a selection of those players and sending them down to Navy SEALs boot camp and seeing who makes the cut and who can finish that. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> these are, this is the kind of stuff they need. They need to be going through Navy SEALs We should be hiring you and, and, and seeing who has guys in- the medal to get through that. <laughs> and those are the guys that you keep. Yeah. Then you would know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So with the players, um, I guess the players comments, was there anything that caught your attention okay. from their media so, availability? Back to what I was talking about a second ago. I, I didn't think before when we were discussing this pre-show who, who stood out to me, but when, as I was thinking about it just now, somebody did stand out to me and that was Austin because one of the things that he mentioned pretty much in every answer was the mental aspect. So we know that every yes, summer he came right yes. up. He was the only yes. one. He's the only so one that came out So every summer yeah. he goes home and he does something for his game. So one year he worked on his one timer. The next year he did something else working on his shot. Uh, last year he got into shape physically. So I guarantee you he is going to be working with uh, probably a, a sports coach or um, sports psychologist to get his head better. So 
he he i he's the person that i'm looking to um to see whether he makes good on his comments but he's really what the only one who talked about the mental aspect yeah yeah and other well, than that for me it was so oh, go ahead you, yeah. you say who it is oh yeah. yeah yeah no go ahead so for me it was it was jake muzzin mm-hmm. um and his comments being a stanley cup winner with la and and he basically his quote was that teams that go the farthest play the hardest and it's hard to play that way and we can't be easy to play against or we won't go far in the playoffs so that kind of brings me back to what I said before about whether the players really believe that they can win this way because that comment says to me yeah. that I don't know if he really believes that they can but anyways go on yeah yeah because he's gone through it obviously mm-hmm. with that with that LA team and and he was on the team. I'm sure that he was on the one that was last, like yes, last yeah, he to was. get in he to was. the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? He, they were the bottom. They were team. Montreal, yeah. basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so interesting though that I found though after last season, after the playing Columbus, mm-hmm. Muzzin said this after the Leafs eventually uh, on whether or not the Leafs will eventually find playoff success, and he said the will to win has to burn a little hotter. Once we find that, we'll be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that was last year that he said that. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, okay, the will to win has to burn a bit hotter. Mm-hmm. And that came back to me about the whole country club atmosphere. Like right. I was like tying it all together, right? That will to win or the killer instinct, I guess, too. I thought of that too, the whole words of killer instinct. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, you didn't have it last year in Columbus. Now... Again, with his words here, you, it's hard to play that way. And the teams that go the farthest play the hardest. You still haven't got it. Like that's playing hard. It's, it's, it's part of the will too. Yeah. But right? then like my the thing with him is though, you also need to be on the ice to be able to win and two years in a row in a, in a very, very yeah. bad spot, he ends up being injured. So maybe his will to win or playing hard maybe he's playing too hard yeah and he's then a liability because i think that if he was still on the ice we would have probably won that game seven so there's also that inopportune injuries or or he would or if we would have won the game he got injured in game six right yeah right it was game Mm -hmm. six yes so we could have won that game we could have won that game and and he (laughs) wouldn't have got hurt yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just think uh, that was his comments, though, coming from a past Stanley Cup winner. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I read a lot into it and connecting like the whole killer instinct and the co- country club atmosphere and all that. Um, I just thought that he, uh, you can read between the lines with 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 what he said, and yeah. But um, let's go on to the next part here with the questions and the decisions that need to be made with this Leafs team before the drop of the puck in October. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with the biggest UFA signing um, with that we, that we have uh, being Zach Hyman. Yeah. Should, should we, and will we sign him? <laughs> you want me to answer <laughs> that one? <laughs> I mean, there's no question that we should. And I really think, too, that he wasn't 100% yet. And if he didn't get hurt, things could have all been different. I mean, there is some luck that you need to have. And some things just didn't bounce our way towards the end there. Uh, But 
yes, we should, because God, we need that guy. Like he is basically the epitome of what we want to see on this team. Um, you know, uh, will we? That's a, that's a question. I mean, obviously the rumors out yeah. there that there is a $5 million offer that was rejected, that they say that's not true, but... Um, oh, did they say that? I, I didn't did hear, hear that. that, yeah. But but <laughs> oh, his okay. his uh, his uh, agent says that it's that was not actually true, so who knows? Oh. But um, I'm, I'm hoping right. they well, can get something done. It would take a, maybe a little bit of a, a hometown discount, but, you know, he's not going to get the same, like, is, is uh, Sokolov um, injury lawyers going to still... <laughs> You know, let him yeah. be doing commercials here. I mean, he's always going to be able to write his books, no doubt. But will people buy yeah. more books from him as a Maple Leaf? Or will they buy more books from him as a uh, uh, Carolina Hurricane? Yeah. Yeah. Not well, saying that's I, where I, he would go, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should. I think, yes, I think everybody in Leafs Nation thinks we should sign him. Mm-hmm. And I do, too. But I have a feeling it's not going to get done. I don't know. I've just been hearing some stuff just out of media reports. And um, I guess you have to, you do, we have to remember he is 29 years old That's now. True. Um, and he's coming off of two knee injuries now, yeah. off of the same knee. Mm-hmm. So if he's wanting like north of 5 million, yeah. higher than 5 million, I don't think we can do it. There's just no, 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 no. It's got to be that in that, type that of four, to, four to like five Yeah. Range. I mean, he's exactly what we need, bringing the heart and soul, yeah. like hometown player, obviously, type of player. Um, he deserves every penny he can get, mm-hmm. too, um, because like no one else took a hometown discount. Right. right? So <laughs> speak, we won't mention names. Mm-hmm. Um, so why should he? True. Right. Like I... I would be look. I would have no problem with him going after the money. Yeah, especially when you see that you know, <laughs> at the time I wasn't really much for this comparable. But if you look at what Braden Point is doing right now, yeah, right. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. yeah. So I know it's. Uh, <laughs> but and that's the sad thing because like he we he we did we didn't draft him. The Leafs didn't draft him, but they did develop yeah. him, and. We, I don't really see that we have anything in our organization in the AHL that is comparable to him right now that could take a step, you know? Yeah. Um, no, no, we don't. But I don't know anyway. who that would would be that would take that that spot. Anyway. Yeah. But um, other than that, I mean, like one UFA that we didn't mention there is that, and does this mean that you are completely over the fact or just resigned to the fact that Anderson is not going to be on our team next year? Yeah, well, we have the goal. Let's get into the goalie thing. Since you mentioned it first, we'll go down the to the, I had the goalie question in there. Mm-hmm. Let me just find it here in our notes. But yeah, what to do in goal um, with with Jack Campbell carrying the load. Um, but yes, one Frederick Anderson, I am pretty, yes, I've, I guess the way they handled him coming back, like, and he didn't get the, I thought that he would be given more of an opportunity Mm -hmm. to start in the playoffs, just even one game. Yeah. But they didn't. And so that basically, that basically gave me the hundred percent to say, okay, they, 
are fine. They're just going to let him go. But how confident are you? I know I'm not very confident still, but in Jack Campbell carrying the load. Um, I'm I'm not that uh, that confident that that he can carry the load. Uh, he took some huge strides this year, but I, I'm not a hundred percent confident that you know he and he's not like super young either. Uh, but that is also the reason why I'm not a hundred percent sure that they're they're completely done with Anderson. And the one thing with Anderson not playing, guess what? He gets none of the blame. Zero blame this year. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that yeah. because mentally yeah, he's, just... he's not wearing any of this. So <laughs> No, he's just enjoying his time in Arizona with Austin yeah, and, so... and Justin Bieber. <laughs> so to me, I'm not really sure that he's not coming back or that he couldn't come, in, come back or that, that that's not still on the table. So, uh, But yeah. if he doesn't, oh. You know, if he comes back, then I see it as a true tandem type of situation where both of them are playing. If he doesn't, yeah. then then we do need, you know, another because I don't think David Riddick is not going to be the he's in the plan. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, the or the thing that I'm. Yeah. I mean, I like Jack Campbell um, and for one point mm. six five million. Like, yeah. That's no, you great have for to the salary cap. You have to. You, yeah, you have to. The only thing. The only thing that I'm worried about is that we have to remember we're going back to the Atlantic Division. Yep. So he's going to be playing against well, Tampa, yeah, that Florida, comes down and to Boston. The fact that we didn't have as yes. much adversity, and we're going to have a harder yeah. road next year, which I think is going to be good for us. But we're going to also see, yeah. you know, I think there, I foresee that there will be some more in game, in season changes next year. Also, if we don't get off to a good start, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go back to the other question after Hyman there that we had. Um, Which is the, uh, of the UFAs, who are we keeping? So we've got yeah. Spezza, Simmons, Bogosian, Galchenyuk, Riddick, who I already mentioned, and Thornton. Yeah. So um, out of that group, who do you think is going to stay? So I would want to keep Spezza and Bogosian, mm-hmm. and I only will keep Simmons if he's going to do the league minimum, which I don't think he will. Right. But I think like after that wrist injury, he just wasn't the same. 100%. Um, like he started off great with us, but after that, he didn't do much in my opinion. And I like the guy, but, and he's hometown guy again, but I mean, unless he's doing league minimum, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's been nice having you as a Leaf and proud that you wore the jersey. And then also Galchenyuk, I think that we should, um, that we should keep at, like less than a million. Anyways, mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll go for that or mm-hmm. other teams might give him more. If, if they give him more, then see you later. We'll have to do something else because again, we're top heavy and we're um, with the salary cap. We're just, we're tied. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that I also think when it comes to the UFAs and, and shuffling the deck chairs that like we need to be, Dubas needs to be a bit younger in their approach. Like, I don't think, I don't think the guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner shouldn't need a dad. Not anymore. anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. right. I think the dad thing with Marlowe and Thornton now, I think they're done. They have their own dads that they can celebrate or (laughs) talk about or talk things out with. They don't, they don't need other players in the room. I think they should be fine. Uh, Riddick, I don't think we're going to resign him. Uh, I don't know. There's there's other goalie possibilities out there. Like one one guy that caught my eye just quickly mentioning is this Linus Allmark in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He's only 27 years old. Mm-hmm. 
which again, I think is good to be a little bit more younger. Um, and obviously Buffalo was shit. So uh, he had a pretty good record considering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought, oh, well, maybe he'll do better on a better team too, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Right. So that's one guy. And um, yeah. And I just thought too, with the UFAs and the, it was just funny the way none of the Dubas's, um trade deadline acquisitions, not, none of them really worked out. Like, cause obviously like Felino and uh, Riley Nash are both um, UFAs, but they're probably not gonna, I don't think they're going to sign here. No, they'll probably so. go back to Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So next we have our third line center position. So it was clear in the, uh, what to do with this third line center. It was clear in the playoffs. We didn't have a strong enough third line that could be a shutdown line and give us some scoring. Yeah. Um, what do you think we should be doing there? Cause personally, I think Kerfoot is going to be claimed by Seattle. I Probably. just have this. Yeah. So, and he was basically our, he kind of went up and down. He played fantastic. Oh, in the he playoffs. did. He There's a great. guy who really switched the, yeah. switched the switch there yeah. or whatever, but flick the switch for that. But um, yeah, I just think he's going to be claimed and, um, or there's a strong possibility he will. And um, yeah, because they have a clean slate. So he may be a yeah. little bit too expensive for a third line center, but he's yeah. they're gonna they do need to fill their roster. So you know, one guy I thought of. I mean, mm -hmm. if they want help for Mitch and all that to actually come back is Bozak. Oh yeah, and I thought you know he he was a good leaf, like he was a good pro. Babcock used to like said that all the time, and, and he's still good on faceoffs, and he's won a Stanley yes. Cup. So he yeah. he actually and we checks can manage a lot his of injuries. Yeah, yeah, and we can manage his injuries, mm -hmm. and and he wouldn't be getting top line minutes, but he'd be in the room. And Mitch is already. I mean, he obviously had the good relationship with him as being the centerman, mm -hmm. and JVR was the winger at the time. Yeah. So yeah, that was one guy I just thought of. And um, as a third line center. And the other guy that I looked up on was this Alexander Wenberg from Florida. Mm -hmm. He's a UFA, similar to Kerfoot, but he's bigger. Mm -hmm. And he's only 20. He's 26. He's the same age. Mm -hmm. And um, and he can score and he plays in the on the penalty kill because mm -hmm. Kerfoot has some PK time, too. Right. So um, we just need somebody in that center position that can... Like, we need to get some chemistry there with Mikheyev, I guess, and Engvall, mm -hmm. I guess, as the other winger. Because, I don't know, I think Mikheyev definitely has to practice his shot in the summertime yeah, like, or do, do something. Yeah, do you think that, like, we didn't see him enough to really get a good gauge before that injury happened. But do you think yeah. that physically, you know, uh, mechanically, that maybe he's never going to get that shot back? I don't know. I'm not because of that it, injury. It, it's yeah. It's a, yeah. There's I mean, a it, lot of little things that work in that area, right? So what if yeah, he never gets yeah. it back? What if he can never get that accuracy again? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing because he was before that happened. Mm -hmm. He was like he was scoring. Not to say he was at a crazy pace. Yeah, but he was on the net. He was getting it was going in for him. Mm -hmm. But just the last two, like the last two seasons after that happened, or season and a half, it's just not. Right, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they I'm need hoping... to just work on the, his mobility and his wrist. Just still keep working on it because yeah. maybe and the confidence he, he has to get the yeah. like 
I think it's definitely confidence there too, mm-hmm. like just to get even like a couple in at the same time, like get on a roll mm-hmm. and then say, okay, maybe you won't score every game, but you know that you can mm-hmm. do it. So, yeah, because yeah. that guy is a hard worker. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he doesn't, Otherwise, he, he's I have... never slacked off. I've, I've never seen yeah. him coast out there. Like he doesn't do no. that. So we yeah. definitely need no issues with guys him. like that. Yeah. 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 No issues with him with that way. Yeah. And what's next? So the the thing that probably we don't want to talk about, which is um, going into one year down the road, but you know, we always have to keep our eyes out a little bit further into the distance. And that is Morgan Riley uh, coming up as a UFA next season. So he's going into his final year, which as we have seen is, you know, that there's, you've got the question, do we re-sign him now within this season or do we trade him or risk losing him for nothing? So go. Yeah. (laughs) So I say we re-sign him because Mm -hmm. we're, there's just nobody that can take up his ice time playing against top players on the power play. And we can't afford him to lose him for nothing. We cannot have another like Dubas basically now has lost Bozak, JVR, Tyson Berry. Now we're going to lose Freddie, possibly Hyman. Like that's a lot of good players to get nothing. hundred percent. You cannot, yeah. you cannot do that again with Let's just say, I don't know if it's a, a 1A defenseman, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, right? He's might be not, like for us, he's a number one, but I guess on another team, like he's not a Norris caliber trophy mm-hmm. winner. He was that one season, yeah. but still, when you're at that level, you cannot afford to let him go for nothing. Mm-hmm. Those other players, I mean, they're all very important players <laughs> on our team or were, um, but still when you get that as a group that's a huge loss to get nothing back for all those players oh definitely um that's something maybe that is not discussed enough probably as a criticism Mm -hmm. yeah so um and i was thinking i could not i was looking up i'm I'm thinking i'm missing a player from that group but that's the only ones that jumped out in my mind to say that they're they we got nothing for them and we cannot do that again with morgan riley and he's a team player and i'll never forget We've t- said this before. I've said it where I saw his dad when he got drafted mm-hmm. and he was so happy. And his dad did the fist pump when he got called up to say that he was chosen the Leafs first round mm-hmm. pick. So he obviously loves being a Leaf. Um, in some ways, he could have been the captain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and he, and, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, certain players not taking responsibility. He always does. He's always, he's always one of the first sure. to always yeah. step up and talk and, um, you know, uh, yes, he's definitely one of our team leaders for sure. So um, I agree that they have to make a clear cut decision. And honestly, I, you know, if they want to do something for the fan base, how about you lock up one of these guys a little bit ahead of the time, a little bit ahead of time, instead of leaving them hanging and us hanging too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, exactly. that's extra yeah. anxiety with all the other stuff, you know, <laughs> Not that that really matters to anybody, but, but, you know, just that's, you know, just, it's just more questions 100%. that are unanswered. Yes. So just like, take and, that and, out of yeah. the equation and sign the guy or yeah. trade him one or the other, make a whichever decision. one. And yeah. Yes. And don't, and don't leave it and have that possibility that, um, we're going to lose a top defenseman. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. So I think we've pretty much just about covered 
you know, our thoughts of how things have ended. But uh, so obviously when it comes to the roster, there is so much more we can talk about uh, leading up to next season and, and we can, and we will uh, do that later on. So, but for now we want to leave on a positive note and give our congratulations to Austin Matthews on being nominated for the heart and the lady Bing and the Ted Lindsay and we and as we all know, we he won the Rocket Richard Trophy as the league's top goal scorer. So, this is the first time in history that the Leafs have had a player nominated in this many award categories in one season. This has never happened. This is unprecedented. It's, which is like basically yeah. the way we've been talking about him all season. So, yeah, it's huge. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, and obviously, like. You want playoff success over individual awards, but if you don't have that individual, where would you be? And, you wouldn't be he, in the playoffs. He actually sure. said that also in his <laughs> end of season. Um, like he, they, somebody brought up the, yeah. the awards, but he said he talked about that too. That, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, you, our team would be nowhere. I would not want to think of a possibility where we didn't draft Austin Matthews. Like where this team would be, you don't even want to think of it. It would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations yeah. to Austin Matthews on being nominated and hopefully um hopefully he'll win one of these those awards. I mean, he I think he has a shot at the lady being oh, for sure. more so than the and he'll probably He'll probably get be, made fun of by the teammates for winning that one though, but yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I yeah, I was but, I've um, been looking at that too, like the players he's nominated against. He's the only really top echelon player in that group. So like to do yeah. what he has done and play with the sportsmanship that he does play with, that says a lot, I think. So yeah. to me, I think he's yeah. a shoe in Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if any of you out there listening to us have any thoughts on what we talked about on the show, uh, you can email or uh, email us at ladiestalkingleafs at gmail.com uh, or, or DM us as well on social media. Um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And of course, another way to connect with us is at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can also support us there by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the link for our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. So actually, I do want to give a shout out to our latest donor, Bob. Bob, Thank you so much for supporting our show. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. So, And uh, as always, we want to thank our healthcare workers and for everything that they continue to do. The numbers are going down, so that's great. They just keep going down. And um, stay safe and well, everybody. And to all the dads out there listening, have a wonderful Father's Day, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Go Leafs, go! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.